The wait is over. The Walking Dead is back. Don't miss the extended 10th season featuring six new episodes, each focused on different favorite characters. Get ready for high-stakes showdowns, emotional reckonings, and more info about your favorite Walking Dead survivors. Start watching the latest season today and catch new episodes of season 10 early with AMC+. From season binges and exclusive content to early access to new episodes, the best Walking Dead experience is only on AMC+. Get lost in the Walking Dead universe today. Available ad-free and on demand. Sign up at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Hey, this is Mark Roberts. Welcome to Let's Get Into Entertainment. And that is the business of entertainment. It is. Um, Today, I want to get into the business of, are you an indie producer, creator? Are you in the studio? Like, what are your plans? What are you planning to do with your product? Do you want to just prove that you can do it for no money? Or do you want to be part of the system that pays you to do it with money? There's a big divide between doing it for a studio, a streamer, a content provider that has money and you trying to prove that you can do it and that you fit in. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to have Ann Roberts on the show. She's one of our best guests. Yeah. She was on the show when COVID started, very optimistic. She has been producing shows during COVID and she'll tell us what's happening in the world of non-scripted television. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Tootie's plans with Made in Mexico and we'll talk about all that business when we come back. Good. It only took about 40 tries, but hey, Sorry. it happened. You know why? Because you're being a wise guy. Sorry, you're being buddy. a wise guy. Keep all this in, Davey Dave. I am. Hey, trust me. It's, it's all, all in the vault. All, it's all in the vault. Um, so I want to introduce our guest today. And our future host here, right if you up, keep up your attitude. Right up at the top, Ann Lewis Roberts. Hi. Hi. Substitute guest. Your co-co-host. You haven't been on in a while, and the last time we had you on, we were just starting COVID. Ish. Yeah, we were just starting with the COVID issue and we were talking about what people are doing to stay in the game and whether or not there was people looking for product. And you, you kind of educated us on what was happening. We are now six months into this and things have changed. Uh, we just read yesterday Warner Brothers laying off 150 people or something no, like that. No, eight, almost 800. Is that true? 800 people? Yeah, a bunch of really, uh, really awesome people in the industry. Today they did a bunch of, of other layoffs. I mean, it's a lot of really smart, important people. I think because our industry is really small on the TV side, you know, you can see that what's happening with COVID is people are losing millions and millions and millions of dollars they used to have hbo lost 1.8 billion dollars yeah and i think that at that point you look around and you decide who makes a ton of money and you sort of rearrange that deck um and so a lot of people who you know have worked their way up the ranks ended up having their necks up making lots of money and that's that's definitely a way to save money you're talking about the upper level of the management of networks, streamers, major corporations that own a bunch of other networks. I mean, you're talking about people that have been creating the content for what we've been watching for over 10 years. Is it because times are changing that much or is it really just because of COVID? It's, it's because the landscape's changing, isn't it? I, I don't think these moves would be happening without what 
has happened to us over the past six months. People are losing, companies have lost so much money. They have to figure out a way to right that ship. And again, you look at people who have big salaries and lots of stock. And unfortunately, I think that's the place you look first. Um, I think they're looking everywhere to try and figure it out. But I I don't think anybody thought it was going to last this long. Right. I really don't. And is it, and and it feels like it's here for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was much more optimistic the last time we talked. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, we'll figure it out. We always do. And I feel like I don't, I don't know that there was a magic pill for it. I think that what we're figuring out is you can go back to work. You can be safe. Uh, your people are still going to test for COVID. You can not flip the table when that happens. You can just continue to work and be safe. Some of the big um, productions are doing bubbles. So Love Island is moved from Europe to back to LA. It's a bubble where a hundred people go to a hotel. You're not out allowed out at night. Very different from your film. You know, everybody stays there. You're quarantined. <laughs> period, end of subject. And then I just did a little something and I had a very small footprint. So even though people went home at night, the footprint was small. Mm -hmm. We had an EMT on the set um, and we tested all the time and wiped down and, you know, we're really smart about it. And so I think, you know, we're adapting that way. It's still not going to change that so many people are out of work and employment. And it makes a difference you being safe and wearing a mask and, and all those things that people are doing uh, with protocol on all of their sets. When we had you on about five months ago, six months ago, you were pitching, people were still taking pitches remotely, like via Zoom and stuff. You actually sold a few projects. The beginning of production started like two weeks ago. How was it working on a show that was not scripted? Like, What's the difference? Is that crew smaller? I mean, we had about 50 people on our crew. What's the crew on your on your show? We pared it down to about 15 people. We also did our best for, you know, the fewest amount of people to fly. Producers, some producers chose to drive and and that and so be it. They should do what they feel comfortable doing. We still have talent that doesn't have a mask. So similar to a scripted project, our hosts didn't have masks. Um, some of the people they were interacting with didn't have masks, but we just were just conscious and careful and everyone was tested. I, w- I will say as far as pitching goes, I think in the beginning, it was a really great time to pitch and create that show that I just did. I had sold before and it was supposed to go in March and we got shut down. So we spent a couple of months as everybody else was figuring out the COVID protocol. I think everybody gets what we need to do for COVID now. And I think there's less Zoom type shows being pitched or stomach (laughs) for any of us who are watching it. I think viewers are finding that to be so like award shows, my friend Mark Brocco, who should you should have on the show, um, who runs Dick Clark Productions. You know, he's been spending all this time not only thinking about protocol, but trying to figure out how do you have the 
CMAs, the ACMs? How do you have all the big award shows? And and how do you do that? How do you have an audience? I think that's the next thing everybody's trying to figure out. You see America's Got Talent without audience and they're trying to figure it out. The NBA, you know, trying to figure it out. Like, are we putting audience in there? So the NBA is a great example because they're doing something kind of cool, right? They, they, Disney's opened up. uh, It's funny that Disney found a way to make money, but Disney (laughs) opened up their hotels to the NBA and now these hotels are only meant to house NBA players and they can't leave. They go practice basketball hotel rooms. Is that? Yeah. So they're in a bubble. Do? Yeah. They're in a bubble, that same bubble. They go to the same stadium. Um, but what they're doing that's interesting that I don't know if Mark Brocco will do as well is we have the, um, if you know, you look in the stands, right? The Dodgers did it with the virtual fans. Yeah, cut the cutouts. Outs. And well, they the, have the CG, uh, CGI fans too. Davey, Dave, really? how do they do that though? Like if you're watching the basketball game, you could see like, uh, you could see people on their phones and they're, yeah. they're like yelling and sometimes they're, they, 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 their faces get bigger and their hands get bigger. <laughs> yeah, you know, how yeah, do they yeah. do that? They do just know? green screen them in. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. It's all from previous games. Yeah. Oh, oh, so there's not people at home no. watching. No, they, take, oh. they take old footage. Yes. Okay. I yeah. see. So you always learn something uh, new uh, with Davey, Davey Dave. Dave. Knows the, He's the smart one. I watched, I watched one baseball game and I was like, hey, what the hell? And I was like, take it back. I was like, oh, dude, those aren't real. Yeah. That's not real. That's not real. Because I saw the same people again. Oh, the same thing. thing. The guy's yeah. cheery. Yeah. The guy's in pitch chip. Yeah. Oh, well, then, but it was satisfying for me at the basketball <laughs> game. I did not. I didn't hate it. I liked I, it too. I, I liked was action. Fun. Yeah. Um. So, what's the future? Do you think? I mean, one thing about the film industry is it's very resilient. You know, I when I was on Feliz Navidad, there was you know some positive tests, and people were scared, and we went to set and. You know, we had to do the speech of, if you're not comfortable, you should go home. If you're afraid, you should go home. And you can leave now and you won't be docked. You'll get your week's pay. It's not a problem. Titty's going, I could have left. I know. I was like, wait, you didn't tell me that, <laughs> yeah. fool. You said, fool, you bounce. You, do, you don't get paid. You got to find your own way home and your own food. I was like, oh, I guess I, 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 I got to get it the no, room. No, no, we told. And can I borrow some hair yeah, products? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and leave by the ma- way, leave, leave your makeup back. Leave your makeup shit and your, and your hair product. Hook me up. No, but we did, I did say, you yes. know, we did. Your t- face is turning red, yeah. so yeah. I we, think it is, yes. <laughs> but what I did say, and I didn't say this to scare people. I said it because it felt like people should at least understand That's that fair. this is not going to not be be here next movie and the movie after that and the movie after that it's going to be here so if you go home and you have the ability to support yourself without an issue then then you should definitely just stay home close your doors and and don't come out because this is this this is a dangerous thing but like the rest of us we have a responsibility to entertain and to bring product to the people that are sitting at home um, you know, we, let's stay here and make a movie and you know, no one left. Everyone put yeah. their, put their masks on and went back to work and we finished the movie and now people are going to have a Christmas movie that doesn't look like COVID is in it, you know, in December. And I'm proud of that, but I think for your show, same thing. I think it's hard for production people to just say like, oh yeah, so I'm sidelined. Like we're not, we're not going to get sidelined. We're going to go to work one way or another. Yeah. Well, 
The only thing that's tricky, I, I'm totally optimistic like you are. You've you've broken me. I complained <laughs> more when I first met you, but I'm not a complainer. I'm like, let's be positive, let's move forward. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's gonna be certain people who on those sets are like, hey, guess what? I have an underlying issue. I guess I'm not, I may not come back if somebody, something you don't know about, right? It's still young people, but there might be somebody who says, it's not worth it for me to be here. There might be some people who age out and say, it's not worth it for me to be here. And so people are, you know, the cruise lines for Disney still haven't opened up. The parks still haven't opened up. So yes, in certain sectors, like construction that's always on in the background yeah. at our podcast. No, <laughs> you know, in certain sectors, I think that it's killing in certain sectors. I think it's never going to come back. And, and, and that's what feels different about this to me than like the only other thing I can liken it to is nine 11, right? Where a whole world changed, but all of us together had to change the way we flew or how you felt about, you know, screenings like this one, I feel like it's not all of us together. Everybody's changing in different ways. And some people are never going to go back to their gigs. But uh, Tootie and I were talking about new jobs are being created every day. I just saw recently that Disney opened up 70 COVID coordinator jobs. And there's several levels of that, right? So the first level is someone to oversee coordinators who are on set and put together the protocols. The second level is people who are on set, making sure that nothing is, you know, going awry. And then I think there's probably going to be people under that who are junior. So you can get some entry level jobs. These were in every country where Disney has anything, the studio lots, the sitcom lots. They want to get all those people back to work. So they had to create new jobs. So that's a lot of new jobs. So you might be looking to the right or to the left of your current job. Um, and there are holds, there are freezes on hiring everywhere. So you might have to look to the right or to the left. You know, you might have to look to these other jobs. I, the people who jumped on these COVID jobs immediately were lots of producers who were out of work and they went and they took these online courses and the online course made you an expert because this is all brand new. And those people were already hired there and you know, they're on sets as the COVID expert. And again, eventually that job will go away, but you just added something to your toolkit. You didn't subtract from who you are. You just added something that you may need in the future. But to me, it's weirder than just like we adapt. I'm sorry. You know, sitcom writers aren't back to set. Those are some of the most well-paid genius people um, well, the writer's room's not going to exist anymore for a while, but the truth is, is, you know, you can be creative on Zoom, like creativity and ideas can work on Zoom. The- well, Robert's even on Felice Navy Dad, like I'm a makeup artist, but we were, I was producing, I was producing, I was doing prompter. And even now at Access, I'm wearing a lot of hats, you know, wearing a, wearing a hat right now, a burgundy, a Kango, <laughs> hey, take it easy. But, um, take, it easy. take it easy. But no, I think if you're in there, then they're going to ask a lot of you. And you just do it, you know, or you do it to the best you can, not trying to take anybody's gig because it's not my objective, but I'm like, you got to be a team player. So like those producers were like, Hey, I want to be back on set. That's where I belong. What do I got to do? Oh, I got to take a COVID test online. I got to figure out how this thing works. Done. I'm signing up tonight. And next thing you know, they're, they're back on set and they're producing probably 
in addition to being a COVID specialist, yeah. you know, just like you're a writer on set now, you know, <laughs> I had to take over the writing for you though. Oh, oh, oh the truth comes out. Wait a minute with your genius ideas. No one's writing. No one's writing, but writers. Take it <laughs> oh, that's easy. True. No one's writing. No one's writing. Oh, on writers. set. He was like, what'd you think of that line today? I was like, it's pretty good. I wrote it. Like, oh, Roberts, hey, you already go. spilled the beans, dude. I'm yeah, gonna, you I'm already cut all that out. Don't be cutting out anything. Um, well, what I would say about Mark Roberts, <laughs> because no one gets to say anything about Mark Roberts on the show, I do. I say all kinds of stuff, man, but he cuts me out. <laughs> what, yeah, what I would say about Mark Roberts is that you have had less time driving around to pitch to pitch to pitch to meeting to meeting to meeting, and I do see you sitting there creating ideas much more than you have in the past because there's less running around. I've adjusted. I think everyone has to adjust. But what I was going to say before is I think what's really interesting is that a lot of people that didn't get opportunities that were good at pitching online or good at uh, pitching on the phone are getting opportunities now. And a lot of people that were good in a room aren't getting those opportunities anymore because there's no more going into a meeting. So everything's changing. You know, you used to be able to set up a meeting and go in and do your thing. Now you ha- now you have to get someone on the phone or on zoom yeah. and that's not always easy either. So I think, I think the whole business is changing and there's lots of opportunities for people that didn't have opportunities before. And now a lot of the people that had opportunities have to find a new way of getting their stuff out. You know um, it's definitely a time to figure out how to communicate better uh, your ideas, your projects, and you know, it might even be an easier time to sell since people are having to make decisions quickly and based on what they hear on the phone, because it's no longer as easy to just have you work on it and come in and let's work together. That's those days are over for now. I would also say diverse programming is more interesting than ever, obviously, because you want the world to reflect, you want programming to reflect the world and we may have said that in the past and maybe meant it, but, but I think more than ever, people realize like, that's my audience and my audience is interested in the world being reflected. I, I think, I think the kind of shows that are being picked up are going to be different because we've all been through it. This, this six months changed everybody on a whole bunch of different levels. And so I think programming is going to change a little bit too. I think people are buying more than ever. Yeah. I think if you don't connect on zoom, you better figure out how to do it, how to do it. Cause yeah. it is tricky. You're not bumping into people at the hall or you're not in, in the hall. You're not bumping into people when you're all in the lobby, getting ready to go up and pitch somebody. It's, it's a, that's a new game. You're not at a restaurant anymore. You're not at a bar anymore. You're not at that party that that agent's having anymore. Well, except for Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in Austin, it's a different world. Austin, I felt like it was 19, 1999. It was ridiculous. But um, it's true. MIP canceled. That's yeah. um, millions and millions of dollars of a hootenanny shenanigan that all the industry people the Rose parades went canceled. to. I mean, these are millions yeah. upon millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. But you can still go to a restaurant and sit outdoors, right? So could you not take pitch meetings in a restaurant anymore? Or is it, it's, you're not doing it? It depends on whether or not people are doing that. And or a lot of people are not. Yeah, a lot people of people are not comfortable, comfortable with it. But let me ask you this, which I think is something I've been thinking a lot lately Mm-mm. is even though there's all of these projects sold currently and waiting to go into production, like a lot of ideas in the scripted world include New York, Chicago, 
Los Angeles, streets, restaurants, office buildings. That's not going to happen anymore. So, will Carson there, City. <laughs> will there be an abundance of product that goes away and has to be replaced? Or do those things just get adjusted? I mean, look at all of our friends who had trips planned. You know, every post I see is, I'm in Yosemite. I'm in Yosemite. I drove to Utah. Yeah, I went to Tahoe. We're, you know, I think people are going to adjust. And again, Love Island was supposed to be on some crazy, I want to say Fiji Island. And they were like, well, we can't manage all these people there. So it's... You're going to Catalina. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I just think people are going to... People are going to figure out how to listen. If you greenlit a project and the worst thing about it was that you had to change the locale, I think that'd be considered a win right now. Just getting something going. Yeah, like any sports movies on the shelf, any movie that happened in a theater on the shelf, any movie that happened on the streets of New York is on the shelf. I mean, these things are not happening. Like a movie like Zombieland you could do True. because you're just driving with four people up and down. Every once in a while you encounter, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of um, zombies, zombies, but. But not Walking Dead with that crowd no, scene. No, you no. can't. There's Game lots of, Thrones. of lots of things that you cannot make that you're going to go into production and you're going to be in a room instead of outside. You're going to be, you know, having a conversation in the kitchen rather than in a restaurant. I mean, there's a lot of things that could adjust. The thing is, is does it stifle the creativity of a project? Um, and I don't think we're going to know that for a while. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting time. I have two positive things to say, though. Let's get into the positive. The movement when anything like this happens, always eventually people go, oh, my God, we got rid of all those people who did this. That was dumb. We should hire those kind of people back. So eventually it just you know, it churns again and yeah. people remember why you had yeah. those jobs to begin with. So just, I think just people have to be showered and ready to go yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when these things open. Um, and also there's already was so much movement in streamers and movies, do movies open in theaters. I just think there's probably a bunch of really smart people at all of these companies sitting around figuring what does the next experience look like for viewers? And it's probably happening faster than before this six months came because they really have to figure it out, right? Are, where are we going to have our big experiences in the future? Are there going to be in our houses? Are we never going to the movie theater? You know, are we only going to have streamers? Are we going to go to drive-ins? Like somebody's figuring all that out because wasn't it getting kind of weird? You're like, I'm buying every app and I'm still going to the movies and yeah. do I have Peacock and this and that? I don't know. I feel like somebody might be trying to figure all of this out. Does it feel like we're watching everything that you could potentially watch too? I mean, is it, is, are we kind of coming to the end of the internet? <laughs> no, there's still so much. I think you still get to be selective. They'll, yeah. they'll still oh, yeah. put it on and go like, and you mm. know what? There's a lot of podcasts out there. Let's get into entertainment is by far the best that I've ever seen, uh, but I do listen to other ones and there's some really, really good ones coming yeah. out um, all the time. Like each, each week there's something new and some of these companies uh, are producing great content. Like our uh, Jam Street has one called Deep Cover with uh, with Joe Pistone, Donnie Brasco. is listed on the way over here. It's great. Yeah. You know, you're hearing stories that you didn't see in the movie. Deep you know, Cover, but, right? Yeah, Deep Cover. Do you listen really to your good. own podcast? 
what do you mean? Of course I do. I go, I was cut out. What happened to that part? And I text you, what happened? You're not going to hear oh, this, by it, the way. It was, I know I'm not going to hear it. Come on. I never hear anything. I hear, thank you. Good night. Have a good day. That's all I hear. That's no. what's up. And that's you up. created a, an important character and it needs to be heard. It needs to be heard. Um, How do you find the podcast you want to? Well, what I do is I click on the purple icon which I guess we should be doing. The people should be going on there and giving us five stars. You know that, right? To raise, yes. Yeah, leave a review, please. Leave a review. Yes. Uh, you go on there and it's like anything else. You go to categories. There's everything from true crime to feel good to comedy to, and then you click and you see what the highest rated ones are. Luckily, we have uh, Jam Street telling us how to keep people uh, interested. Um. Right? So let Amanda, me, shout yeah, out to Amanda. Uh, yeah, shout out to Amanda. Shout out to you, Ann Roberts. Oh yeah, because you hooked me up to Amanda. If it wasn't for oh. uh, for uh, Ann, we wouldn't be with Jam Street. So That's thank right. you, Ann. Thank you, Ann, our co-host. Right. Thank you again. I got lucky to meet Amanda. Hey, please feel free to step in and for yeah. Roberts anytime. <laughs> Um, let me ask you something. What's next uh, in your life? Not not for others, not advice to others, but what are you doing and what does the end of the year look like for you so that we can just get an idea, a glimpse of what a, a real producer is doing? Well, thank you very much for all of your lovely words, my husband and publicist, there we go. Um, Mark Roberts. You know something's coming though, right? Yeah, you know, I was like, what are you going to ask me for? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I, ha- I, I use this time to put together some great sizzles with the team that I work with. And that's exciting to see that from to come to fruition because usually you try and wedge that in during the other stuff you're doing. And apparently I've had some time on my hands to really make those greats. So I have three projects um, that I'm going to take out to sell that I love. And then I've also been talking to a couple people about, again, these sideways, new, interesting ways of working. Um, a couple of big projects I probably even haven't mentioned to you yet. Um, because that, I don't know, I don't know what they'll turn into. Um, but I definitely feel like the executive world that I used to be a part of, um, is turning over new chapters and I probably will go back at some point and be a part of that because I did I did love being a part of a big brand, you know, a movement. And I feel like those kind of things are happening again. But I love both. I, I love both. So you're, and so I you're, want to write a Christmas movie for you. <laughs> really? There we go. So he's you, got a good one. He pitched it to us before this. It was pretty. He's getting better at his pitching. She helped me out a little bit with it. Of course she did. She wrote it. We know that. Um, <laughs> do you think that people are buying things from you quicker than they did before just because they trust you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the product has to be something they can see on their right. air and that they, their viewers will watch. So I, I really do think people who take pitches are mostly, um, you know, wanting to please their viewers. And then if you don't suck, you know, right. if you are somebody that they know or they trust, that's a bonus. Yeah. If you want to go back and listen to one of the best podcasts we had, it was rated. the one in the highest rated podcast we had. It's the one with Ann Lewis Roberts telling us about how she got into the business and how she ended up where she is now. It is rare. And I'm not saying this because you're my wife or because I admire you as much as I do. And you're a great professional. You are, you are a great professional, but to do what you did is rare to go from intern to senior producer at entertainment tonight to, 
to then move over and launch Access Hollywood as a brand new idea, brand new show based on the Entertainment Tonight style show. Then to go and be an executive in television, end up at Disney, end up doing all of these things, and then move back to producing and be extremely successful at it is rare, not normal, and it's extraordinary. So if you think you can't do it all and has done it all, if you want to hear how she did it, go back and listen to her episode because it's unbelievable because I know people who have all tried to make those leaps. And, and if you make one, you're amazingly lucky, but to make two or three or four of those jumps like you have, it's really a remarkable story. So congratulations to you and Thank me you. because I'm married to you. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I, I think there's, I think there are lots of people you that have, <laughs> I think there are lots of people who have, made those jumps. You just happen to have known me for during many of them. Well, would you come back uh, when this is all done and Please, sort of yeah. tell us what you've been up to? Maybe even yes. host the show one day. That'd Ooh. be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for being with us today. Thank you for, uh, for sharing your insight and what you're up to. And, uh, you know, I think it's very inspirational. Thank you, Ann. Stuff. Nurse. All right. So the beer breaks over. Thank you, by the way. Mm. It's Modelo time, fool. It is Modelo time, It's Modelo time, time Food. Yes. So that was awesome. Here's something I want to talk about, which I find uh, fascinating. So I was talking to Tootie. I met Tootie a long time ago and we would chop it up about independent film, about raising money, about doing all that kind of stuff. And one day he says, Hey, let's do a podcast. And I'm pretty reluctant about doing a podcast. Not yep. my, not my thing. I don't even know what it means to be honest. When you said, let's do a podcast, I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> Cause I, I never listened to a podcast in my life. So we decided to do it, but here's the thing. Being open to trying something different is one of the coolest things about any business that you're in. So when I tried this, I was super nervous. I kind of wanted to quit. And then Russ- you, What do you mean? You did quit. And then quit Russ- episode? I quit that episode. Nahara came in to do it. And then I went to see Russ Emanuel at ExtremeMusic.com and- he was like, I'm going to sponsor your show. And then I had to stay. So I came back from my one meeting where I took the day off from let's get into entertainment. And I was like, I got to stay because we have a sponsor. Yeah. So this has changed a lot for me. I feel like I'm a much better speaker because of let's get into entertainment. You're more, welcome. More You're conscious. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I, I feel much more effective. Thank 2000, you, Tootie. 2020, listen to Tootie. Thank listen, you. 2020 Tootie. Tootie. <laughs> 2020. No, you have Roberts and I, um, you've grown as a host. Yeah. Which, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Now Anne's going to take over because you, you keep talking shit. Yeah. I think Anne's a much better host than I. I think Nahara's a much better host take than I. Ease, you know, these guys, are all, these guys are all feelings. really, <laughs> these guys are Nothing all great at what they do. Than feeling. <laughs> trying <laughs> to for. All right. All right. Come, keep it going. Keep it going. Um, I was just looking through the different streamers that are streaming Love and Betrayal on the Force. Yeah. And I saw it on YouTube. Someone said, oh, actually, I, I read it somewhere. It said, I, I just watched this on YouTube. Yeah. And I thought, that's weird. Someone, someone pirated my movie and put it on YouTube. So I went to YouTube and no, it was for rent. Yeah, it's for rent. On YouTube. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. And apparently oh, Quiver you, did that. Oh, Quiver did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because I think it's part of Google. Right. Yeah. So Google Play, I'm yeah. on uh, Love and Betrayal is on Love and Betrayal on the Force is on Google Play. How many how many outlets did you put it on? With with through Quiver, how many did you how Four. Many? So Google Play, which then is YouTube. YouTube. Um 
Amazon, Amazon Prime and iTunes. iTunes. Um, how much did that cost you? <laughs> um, it costs about thirteen hundred dollars to upload and to get the movie onto the platform. Yeah, great. And I think overall they created um, closed captioning for me at Quiver. They created subtitles at Quiver, English and Spanish. So the whole thing, all in $3,100 to get on Google, YouTube, Amazon Prime, and iTunes. iTunes. So, okay. So 30, what'd you say? 31, 34? $3,100. $3,100. Now, when you rent those movies, do they take a piece of that? No, we get 100%. Oh, it wow. comes straight back to you. So yes. you got to sell $3,100 worth to recoup your money. No, I mean, I've got to sell $3,100 worth well, yeah, to I'm recoup saying, that part, but then, then the, the movie, yeah, 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 then yeah. the investment. But that's not, that's not bad. So if you yeah. get, if you get a, like some good marketing behind yeah, you, i.e. some social people or yeah. whatever, you get out there, you know, the guys that did Gravesend, which is a, which is a series on um, Amazon Prime, which is trending. Yeah. Um, the dude, William DeMeo, he's a hustler. He's kind of like me in the sense where he just does stuff and like, he just keeps going. And he promoted the hell out of that series, mob series, of course, about uh, the mob, the mafia in um, New York in the eighties, and it's trending, dude. And he's selling; he's a lot of people are renting it. So, yeah, yeah. you can capture the imaginations of people if you trust yourself as a storyteller, and and you put it out. But you can you can use places like Quiver to get your movies up and get people paying for them, and you get that on. money. Filmmakers are resilient, dude. If you're, if I say to you, you can't do it, you're going to go do it. Yeah. You'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. You'll find a way to make yeah. your movie, regardless of what anyone is telling you can't or can't have your script sucks. Your idea sucks. Well, I'll show you. And then you go make it right. Yeah. Um, but then that's not even like you get, Oh, you did a good job. Good job. That's all you get. All that, high, all that time and effort and everything. I'm going to show you. You go, Oh yeah, you did it. Already. How many movies are made a year? Do you know? Fucking a shitload. 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. How many do we know about? Probably five. Right. In this, at, in this in age. That's yeah. not a good stat, yeah. bro. If you're out there making movies, 10,000 a, a year done. If you average that over uh, uh, 10 years, that's 100,000 films. Yeah. And you've heard of five of them. Yeah. So what are you doing? What are we doing? What's, what's the point of uh, going on and doing product? Well, Here's the silver lining to it all. If you've spent your life raising money, making movies, doing product, well, you've probably become a pretty darn good producer or, or you've become a great director. It's time to start finding genres that you can then pitch to networks and studios and streamers that are making hundreds of these films a year. I'll give you an example. Annie licenses 150 movies a year. Half of those movies were made by someone like you and I. Yeah. They went out and made them. They sold them to Annie. Yeah. But it's a bucket, right? It's a bucket of a certain type of film that's, yeah. that's hitting a certain demographic. And if you don't stick to the coloring within those lines, then you will not sell your product. So the answer is, do you want to be so creative that you get to do whatever you want and say whatever you want and do the, any product you want and tell the story however you want? Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to end up pretty sad and broke. broke yeah. You're going to have to find the bucket that you like and then play the coloring within the lines game, which is this is how they like it. This is how I'm going to make it. I can assure you... If you figured out the type of movies that they're making at Lifetime, at Freeform, at Disney, at, you know, all these places that are buying 
movies and making them and licensing stuff, Netflix even, that you could figure out, oh, these are the movies that they like to buy. They buy over a hundred of these types of movies a year. These are the type of actors they like in those movies that you can actually lead your investor to a profit. If you were to find the bucket and figure out how it's being made and decipher it, Exactly Form, how they it's, like it's a it. Formula. It's a formula. You you plug in the formula Absolutely. and you go, This is what they like. This it's these ingredients, they like this, they like this, like this. They don't want that, they don't like this, and they don't like that. Plug that in. It's not complicated really. It's, it's so not easy. Difficult. You just bust it out. Now, from a creative standpoint, are you like, wow? Because I could tell you the most alive, a wide word though. Yeah, dude. but you know what the it's most alive you feel, word. Robert, is when you're sh- when you're on set. Who's you, Robert? You, Roberts, I said Roberts. <laughs> on set, this guy was like, when we were there in the hotel room and he's drinking a bala cosmeco at night, he's so alive. He's like, he's waking up, no hangover. He's like making electric. a movie. Well, he's because I, I'm, I'm problem solving. <laughs> I'm doing what I was born to do, right? Which is a problem, well, an issue, well, and you fix it and you go to work the next well, day. Well, you, you ate that formula up and it was running through your veins and that was good and it made yeah. it a success. Yeah. You, you saw something that started in an elevator. Yeah. And so you're watching it come to life before your eyes and you're the one, uh, you're the one responsible for it, which is great. That's why you're doing it. Okay. You made a little bit of money, not a lot, a little bit, good enough, but that's why you want to do it. And yeah. you found a place to, you know, Set your hat down and make some make some things, which is great. There's Christmas at a certain budget at Lifetime. There's Christmas at a certain budget at Netflix. There's Christmas at a certain budget at Freeform. Yeah. And Disney Plus also has a bucket of Christmas. So those and they're all priced differently. So those prices are all based on what the network considers acceptable production value to show on their network. I don't know. Look, there's no real answer because every creative person does it for different reasons. But I will say that if you want to be in the business of making movies of making product, think about finding a bucket, a company that you can make movies for that makes you happy and then find out how they do it and then pitch them movies that they want to make. Because if you understand what they're about and you're of the same mind that an executive is and you pitch them, they will say like, this is the person I want making my movie because you understand I'm not going to go through like countless messages and, and meetings telling you why that's not what we do here. That's not how we do that here because of this. And then you're going to argue with me that your creative idea has to be told in this way. Otherwise it won't work. Well, that's not going to happen. No, yeah. It's not going to work. Now with that said, young filmmakers out there, or new filmmakers, it's going to be hard to get those meetings because you really have nothing behind you. And those, you, you put a call into these executives and say, hey, I want to do this. They're like, wait, who are you? All right. Well, that, leads, that leads me to our next thing, which is collaborate. Like, I wouldn't have made Feliz Navidad if it wasn't for my collaboration with Mario Lopez. Right. Wouldn't have happened. Right. Right. I did know uh, some executives at Lifetime, but that didn't matter as much as a great title to a movie, which he came up with. Yeah. And then a great story that came from us meeting with Peter Marietta, who decided to write it with, along with Elisa. And um, then we went to an investor who, who, who bought the script and then we sold it. But that collaboration, that you know, group of people yeah. made it really attractive. So then but your bucket was all your bucket was along from the beginning because you knew where you were going with it. Right. It wasn't just like, 
you and Mario came up with an idea. You 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 got Peter Marietta on bo- on board. You got an investor to write the script. You made the movie, and then you took your movie to your no, we didn't your do bucket that. and yeah. said, "Here's my film. Here's the no. drop in the bucket." They said, "No, no, this is what we want from the get." Yeah, we went early. We went in with it early. They liked it, and they said, "We're gonna lifetime eyes your script." Right, and we were like, "Let's do it," yeah. and we made our adjustments, and it wasn't easy. But, you know, having a writer like Peter and having a writer like Aliza was amazing because those guys have worked, you know, Aliza was working in comedy yep. for years. You know, she was working with Amy Sedaris, with uh, Stephen Colbert, Second City. So, her, and Peter, Wizards of Waverly, when you're a TV writer, yep. you have to be willing to change your idea immediately. Yeah. Oh, we can't do that? Okay, we're going to go this way. So he's used to turning left and right. She's used to being... Uh, in comedy where you switch things all the time. So when we went to Lifetime and they said, we want all this to change, Peter and Aliza were like, okay, yeah, yeah, no problem. So then that made it a lot easier to make the switches. You know, a lot of times we would fight back on cultural things, things that we thought, oh, this, this will be universal and you don't know it. And, you know, luckily the network was cool. Because that's flavor. Everything's flavor, dude. There's only so many stories that are told. It's all about how you give it your flavor. Your, your interpretation of it. You know what I mean? Like Christmas movies aren't difficult. We already know what the fuck is going to happen at the end. It's got to be a Christmas miracle. It's got to be a Christmas miracle. Santa. Santa. Santa's got to be there. So you just have to have the flavor that makes you go, oh, I like if this. It's, if it's Christmas, yes. If it's a thriller, yes. If it's a drama, yeah. You know, if all it's a romantic comedy. comedy yeah. Yes. Everything. Yeah. It's all the same. So just make sure you have. You so why do we flavor. make it so hard? Because I think we think too much about it. I don't know. I, we want to be different. We want to be unique. We want to go, oh, I'm going to be Tarantino now and do Pulp Fiction and have like a three-act story that's going to combine into one. Or And then you Gonzalez get on the set and, and someone goes like, I didn't order turkey and cheese. Yeah, I just ordered turkey. Yeah, well, what is it? What are we doing? I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, Why I'm, is he doing that? Uh, but, I put up the money for this, but I don't understand it. This is weird. Why is he saying that? It doesn't make any sense. And why is he so serious? Shouldn't be like this be a comedy scene? Then you start questioning. Question yourself as a filmmaker going, uh, okay, wait, hold on a go. second. Maybe he's, well, should I not or should I? But bucket, you got to get the bucket in the beginning, like Robert said, or you got to fuck off. Look, yeah. <laughs> you, I'm just saying from my experiences that when we started this conversation, it was about. Well, no, because you started as an indie filmmaker. Yeah, so I started know. because I had no choice. I had to be an indie filmmaker because no one would trust that I had any this? knowledge. How about this? Cause I know so many filmmakers who are making films and stuff and you know, they're, they're festivals, the whole bit. You do your thing. People see what you're very capable of. And then you can, you're able to have something behind you, some credibility where you can go to one of those places you said and said, look, I have an idea for a Christmas movie or whatever it may be. Or a romantic comedy. Romantic anything. comedy. I partnered with, this celebrity who you guys love. Um, I'm a director, although I've only done this, but I could maybe get it to an established writer to pin the script. Are you guys interested? Yeah. Is that how it goes? Basically? I think so. I think or I'm a writer, but I can get a good director who is going to here. Well, here's the other issue is that if here's the hardest part. Okay. And this is, I'm being brutally honest on the show. Today's a, today's a brutally honest day. Um, don't get into filmmaking. Well, <laughs> if you look, you have to be honest with yourself, okay? If you don't practice pitching, if you don't practice your storylines, if you don't practice having a beginning, middle, and end to your ideas, um, if they don't resemble something successful from television or film, 
And if they don't fit into any bucket of companies that are already doing it a certain way, then maybe your job is not to come up with the ideas to your movies or your shows. And maybe your job is to connect dots, find great ideas from great writers, find other things, and then start your work. Because if you can't get it together and your movies aren't finishing the way you want them to, or you can't seem to figure out the twists and turns that should occur. Dude, I used to watch movies and then think about my movies and say, God, man, why? there are so many twists and turns and great ideas here. And, you know, you look at a film like Coco and you're like, I can't help but cry like a baby at the end of that movie. Well, that wasn't an accident. <laughs> it was by design. They designed yeah. the script to make you emotional and make you feel everything that you feel in that film. So I think that you have to be honest with yourself. What are you doing in the business? Are you the producer? Are you the creative force behind it? Are you going to lead your writer to a better script? How are you going to do that with good ideas? Are they going to take them all? No, but you're going to have to pitch them strong. So you're going to have to work on your pitch. You're going to have to always be enrolling people in your ideas because just like a great comedian tells you a joke, He'll work on that joke until he gets the right response. Once right. you laugh uncontrollably, he got, got you. you. Yeah. And he's got his joke. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to figure out what you're good at. And also you have to realize that it's all musical chairs, right? You can bring in the idea of let's play musical chairs and you can come in with your chair. Yeah. And in the end, you could end up without a chair. And that's part of this game is that, Ideas evolve. You can come up, come up with the idea that is potentially the idea for a show or a movie. And by the end of it, it's no longer your idea, even though you came up with the idea to do it and it goes off and becomes something else without you or with you being a little part of it. And you have to be willing to do it however it shows up. Because that's called, you know what that's called? You're out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you walk into a room and you have an idea and sometimes you walk out of that room and you're leading the charge for the idea, for the film, for the television show. Sometimes you walk out of that room and it went a different direction without you and you're like, oh, well. What happens if you walk into that room with the idea and then the idea goes, yeah, 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 cool. Thank you for planting that seed. Now you're out. And now we're going to take that idea and <laughs> kind of happens. spin it and make so, it. So I'm going to give you the answer to that. If that happens, then take it on the you chair. had the ability to create an idea, which means that you can come up with another one. Yeah. So go come up with another one and don't go into that room with it again. Be your break. I'm out. This has been a good show. A lot of nuggets. There's so many other pieces of entertainment. Like we had Susan Bonds on, who is yeah. like a, an Imagineer. Yeah. You know, maybe I would have wanted to do that had I known that that was something to do. Well, I don't know if you remember Roberts. One of the I came to Roberts' office at, at Universal. Do you remember that? No. I, I, you don't remember this. See, what, <laughs> thanks a lot, Foo. I came to your offices and I sat down. Uh, we met at the Mario's house and I said, hey, I want to be involved in the business. And you're like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what do you what? And I was like, well, I like acting, but I also I don't know. I just want to be involved. And like, well, dude, there's a lot of things you like gotta you got to pick some and figure out. You don't remember that? No. Thanks a lot. You're right. Like you can go left. You Like Ann was saying, sometimes you got to like get in. And then figure it out. Once you're in, you're like, okay, maybe I am a producer or yeah, maybe yeah. I am a writer. 
after you become a producer like you? Because now you're going into writing, right? Yeah. Like you got to. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to start pushing writing. this agenda. I'm not going. Like, into look, writing. look. You started off as a as as a you raised money. All right, you're a producer, and now you're a writer. Great, good for you. A little bit a acting, a little bit acting. Hey, I know the Burrito King when I yeah. see him. <laughs> he's hey, out. He's well, out. The Burrito King. The Burrito King. And then guess what? Come come Christmas time. The mariachi Mariachi player at the restaurant. Don't forget to watch uh, Ashley Garcia, Genius in Love. You can catch uh, Mark Roberts' cameo. That's That's right, right. on Netflix. And mine, we're in the same episode. That's what's up, Davey Dave. Um, But yeah, I think you have to have true reasons for wanting to do the craft. And it is a craft, and it is a job, and you should study whether it's acting, and it's a business, and you should treat it as such. The thing about our business is there's really no rules, and people tell you that, like, you can put a phone call in after seven o'clock to a production company and say, and pitch them and they can call you and say, Hey, I like it. As opposed to going through an agent or a manager and going protocol, quote unquote, or like a lot of filmmakers do, including yourself, you go out and you do shit that you think is going to work. And then you get a little bit of notoriety for it. And then you figure out that, look, you got to find the boxes. You got to find what people, what's going to make you money. If this is the business in which you want to be in, you do have to do something to kind of make a name for yourself. But then after you do that, you got to know a direction in which you want to go. That's what you're getting. Yeah. The most fulfilling thing I think I've done in my career is search for stories that authentically spoke to me. There's a lot of humor in my upbringing as a Mexican American that I've tapped into now as a filmmaker that makes me happy and makes people laugh and I get to work with people that, that I feel like I grew up with. Okay, with that said, because I agree with you. Now, is there a bucket for that? Well, the bucket See, is... See, there's, there's, the, there's the catch. Yeah, the bucket is... Well, look, there is a bucket. The bucket is that people are looking for things with flavor. I feel more comfortable in my skin as a producer when I'm doing... When I'm, when I'm creating ideas and collaborating on ideas that are Latino. Yeah, I mean, you brought in Frankie, you brought in Creeper, and he, he's in your movie. He killed he's great. Him. Yeah, killed he's him. great. He's amazing. But we wanted Emilio. We wanted him because he's funny, because he has um, he has everything that you need to make, um, you know, make all cultures laugh, not just yeah. Mexican-Americans, you know. So anyway, I don't want to go crazy because this show's already super long, but I do want to talk about extreme music for a sec. How's the extreme music going in your movie? Dude, extreme music. Is it covering most of it? It's covering a lot of it. A, a lot, a lot of it. And, you know, we were supposed to have uh, a screening on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Lopez and I got a little bit of trouble, but that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. I heard the movie's great. Did you really? Yeah, I heard from Chris. Uh, Chris. I heard from Rich Alarcon that it's amazing. Yeah, Rich. Dude, Rich and I are going to do some stuff together. We, we respect each other. He's a talented dude. I heard your movie's great. Thank you. And I heard that... You know, we've been talking about you using extreme music. So extreme music, is it is it wall-to-wall extreme music or did you use other cuts? I think it's like, uh, dude, I think it's like 75 That's awesome. You got to pay Russ yeah. though, right? You got to pay a little bit well, for Well, Joel's in charge of that. Okay, Joel has a relationship. Joel and Sammy, they're doing- You have music. a relationship with Russ. I do have a relationship with Russ, but Joel's Joel's doing stuff with him. So we're going to try so to- So you're, if you're out there listening, com for all of- his movie. I used it on Philly's Navidad and love betrayal and, love betrayal and the entire love and betrayal on the force movie is all extreme music. Like literally a hundred percent extreme wow. music. Yeah. So extreme music.com for all your movies, for your commercials, for any 
product that you're putting out that needs uh, music, you uh, you should go to extrememusic.com. And uh, let's not forget that Made in Mexico is coming soon, dude. We were supposed. We, to this ha- has been a long road with this movie, dude. A long road. Was it a year ago? Over a year, dude. Yeah. We shot it in May, June. Um, you know, we were on I, the podcast when you right. shot it. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we were May, June. We started the podcast, I think, in March, April, February. Yeah. March, so okay. it's been a podcast uh, exclusive, yeah. and now we're going to finally see it come to fruition. And you know what would be great if should we do the podcast from there? If Made in Mexico what? makes money. And gets your investors your money back and then makes you some dough. It's going to be very inspiring. Then I go against everything you said on this podcast today, Robert. No, 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 it doesn't. I guess we'll have to ask you if you're happy when it's done. Like, you know, that's what I listen. I've seen, I've seen it over and over and, and I haven't seen it all the way through like one consistent film. Like he sends it to me in clips and we go through it on zoom and all that stuff, which is, which I think is kind of cool. Like we, we, instead of sitting in an edit bay with them, we go through the movie on Zoom and kind of go break it down, but he did an amazing job. Well, he's a great editor. Well, I'm I'm happy you guys are doing that, and uh, I'm glad that Extreme Music's all over it. I think Extreme Music's proving to be very important. I mean, if we're a microcosm of this industry, you can only imagine what Extreme Music's doing out there. So thanks, Russ. Appreciate you, and uh, check out ExtremeMusic.com. I'm going to pitch something. So next week, we're gonna do we're going to do a screening. 10 people are allowed at Rich's place theater. Um, let's do the podcast after and get some people who've watched it, get their take. Okay. What do you think? Sounds good. Maybe as long as people like that fucking sucks. A waste of time. What am I doing? Oh my here? God. <laughs> you gotta be honest. But you know what? That's okay. If they do, Hey, it's subjective. Make sure you right? take some tequila over there. Well, hey, this has been an interesting um, podcast. I think we covered a lot of ground. I think we're, in a weird space with the whole COVID and, and the shows and the, and the having to take the tests and to what are we doing next and what are we creating? And then you got your movie being finished now. I'm just really excited because I, I, I want listeners to hear some success stories out of here. If uh, love and betrayal on the force can turn into something financially viable, that would be exciting for other people that are coming up and just self-distributing yeah. uh, because I did it all through quiver I'm going to do the same with Made in Mexico. And you're going to do Made in Mexico and Quiver, but you're, you're also going to go on a platform, right? I'm going to go on Sonified, which is the hotel channel. Yep. I'm going to go there. I think uh, you're going to do really well. I think, I think you're going to be sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Anyway, look, hey, thank you guys very much for being here uh, another week and uh, another week with this COVID thing going on. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Well, we'll talk to you next time on Let's Get Into Entertainment because this is the business of entertainment. That's right. Rona. Rona.